0: you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen, follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reifer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today, we're going to preview Kentucky's trip to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. Big game, big, big game for both teams. Uh, and then we'll get into uh, how close... These two teams have had wins like how, how, how they've been in so many tight ball games over the course of the course of the season, Kentucky and LSU both. And then we'll talk about these net rankings, the Ken Palm. Uh, if you guys follow this stuff at all and just or, or haven't gotten into it, we'll we'll explain it if you don't know anything about it or just, you know, kind of know a little. Uh, but then we'll also get into it and kind of explain how it's not normal this year. Like, usually, it seems to make sense. And we are 25 games into the season. We we are uh, less than a month away from March. Uh, I mean, we're really close to March. The tournament is on the way, and it, it should make sense by this point, and it does not. But first, let's start with Kentucky at LSU, 9 o'clock. Tuesday night on ESPN with Carl Ravitch, Jay Billis, and Marty Smith. UK leads the series in Baton Rouge 31 18, 2 and 2 in UK's last four trips there. UK won in 2018, lost in 2016, won in 2015, lost in 2014. Uh, the last time these two met, LSU beat Kentucky in Rupp Arena last season 73 71. Calipari 11 3 all time against LSU. Will Wade 1 1 against UK. But LSU has lost three of its last four after an 8-0 start in SEC play they've lost to Alabama, Auburn, and Vanderbilt, but all on the road. LSU at home, 13-1 this season, including seven straight, but the one loss was to ETSU in December, kind of LSU's version of Evansville. Uh, but this, I mean, everything about this matchup uh, says says a fun up and down kind of game, unless Kentucky, I feel like Calipari, if if they would let him play that way, he's fine with his players getting up and down because they wanna get the ball out quickly in transition. That's their best offense. I, I feel like that, that they feel that way. So they don't wanna have to like grind it and grind it unless they have to. But if you wanna play fast and get up and down, I think Calipari is more than happy to do that and that seems to be what LSU would like to do.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what kind of style this was going to be. I don't know if Cal decides to to run with them or grind it out with them, or if they want to if they want to get into a track meet with a team that you know one of the rare teams that actually um, can do what they want to do, and maybe with better better and bigger athletes. Um, but I, one thing I would say is this: this LSU matchup, even though they've lost three of the last four and been kind of faltering, this LSU matchup is one of the handful where the other side has a comparable amount of just raw talent, you know, Mm -hmm. on-paper talent. Trendon Watford was a five-star recruit who's been a really, really good freshman, 6'9", 230. Um, You know, he's capable for going for for 20 and 10 in a game. He was a top-20 kid. Um, uh, Javante Smart, who came back as a sophomore, was a five-star recruit. Uh, by a couple of his major services anyway and a a top 30 35 recruit that kentucky was on for a while emmett williams was a five-star top 25 kid who came back as a sophomore another big guy inside Uh, darius days was a top 60 75 recruit um you know they've got a bunch of dudes even with what they lost um
1: did you even say skylar mays the senior
0: no, and I don't. I don't know where Skylar Mays was ranked. I don't. I can't remember if he was actually ranked well, high, but it doesn't really but matter. But he's a senior now. In terms know, of so. like what his actual, you know, he, he yeah. plays like a five star. You know, he's a.
1: Was well, like I think only the third player in LSU history to be at fifteen hundred points, uh, three hundred assists or two hundred steals, something like that.
0: Yeah, he was actually only a three star recruit. I just looked that up. He's from Baton Rouge, uh, but you know, by the time if a guy sticks around. You know that's one of the things you can't really qualify. You know, if a guy's if a guy's a you know like a top 150 player as he was and stays till he's a senior, is that equivalent to a five star freshman? I mean, in most cases, yeah, and sometimes better. Um, so that whole starting five for LSU is as good as you know basically anybody that they're going to face. Um, you know, they've all. Played well. They've got five guys averaging basically twelve points a game. You know, we talked about Kentucky's balance. They have four guys averaging about thirteen a game, but Darius Days averages about just shy of twelve and seven. Um, Smart is twelve points and four assists and a steal over a steal a game. Emmett Williams fourteen and seven. Trendon Watford's fourteen and seven. And and Mays.
1: You just ripped off three guys who averaged seven rebounds apiece.
0: Yes, I mean that's this is this is a team with some length. Um, you know, they, they get after it on the glass. They average 40 rebounds a game. Um, so they're not, you know, they're not going to be, uh, bullied. You know, there've been some teams that have tried to bully Kentucky, some successfully. Although I think lately Kentucky's handled that a little better. Uh, LSU's third in the country in offensive efficiency, which is a big deal. And they're 13th in the country in offensive rebound percentage. Um, so they go get it, and they're they're eighth in the country in two point percentage, which tells you they're scoring it a bunch uh, yeah. in the paint. Um, you know, th- this is a real challenge. Uh, I-, I think it looked like more of a formidable challenge before LSU kind of tanked a little bit here lately. Uh, but don't I, I? Don't be fooled by that because. Some of that is maybe getting lulled to sleep. I mean, it's right in that window where guys kind of – and Tony Barbie talked about that before Kentucky's practice today. This is that time where fatigue becomes a factor, sort of physical and mental fatigue, and it can rob you of some of your focus. But even with that, they lost by a point uh, at Auburn a week and a half ago. They lost a a nail-biter against Alabama on the road in their last outing Saturday. Um, you know, they, other than that, they had reeled off 10 straight wins at one point to, to get to first place in the sec. This is going to be a team that'll be kind of have it, uh, back to the wall mentality and they have the yeah. the guys to do it. I mean, they really do. I would say it's Kentucky, you know, raw talent. I'd say Kentucky, LSU, Florida, you know, I, right, I, and then probably Auburn after them, uh, those are the four anyway in the mix in terms of the most talented rosters in the sec. Um, so this is, this is one of the big, big challenges. And, and, you know, for reasons we'll talk about, you know, when we talk about net and all those things, NCA tournament, this is one of the last few chances to really get, uh, a, a very, very indisputably quality win to beat a team like LSU on the road would be, I think, huge in continuing to try to offset the bad losses from earlier in the year. Right.
1: All right, a little bit more on this LSU matchup. And uh, as we said, we'll get into the net rankings when we return here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast.
0: You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
1: Back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And before we went to break, Kyle, you mentioned how good LSU is in rebounding. They're second in the SEC, 16th nationally in rebounding margin at plus seven. Uh, rebounding 35.6% of, of misses, 71.8% uh, of opponents, misses, uh, points in the paint. You mentioned that LSU has scored 50, 50 or more points in the paint five times this season, 40 or more in the paint, 11 times UK in comparison has scored 50 or more in the paint once 40 or more six times. Uh, So that tells you a little bit about, um, you know, how LSU gets their points. They are, uh, in field goal percentage, they're 47.7%. That starting five where we mentioned, you know, all five of them, average double figures scoring, uh, together, they shoot the ball. Those five starters shoot the ball, combined 49% from the field. And that's that's all shots, not just two-pointers. But, like, on two-pointers, I believe they are... um,
0: Fifty six percent. Yeah, yeah. Forty.
1: They get they get uh, forty five points a game uh, from two, which is third in the country, and they yeah they shoot fifty six percent. Yeah, I mean they
0: they are uh, they get they they get fifty six percent of their points uh, from two um, in. Mean, between and, free throws and two pointers, right? Really uh, they, free get, they, get se- they get they get they get seventy six percent of their offense from two pointers and free throws. They're not at all reliant on the three. Uh, they're three hundred and twenty fifth in the country in terms of percentage of their offense coming out of three pointers. So this is a team that's going to hit you inside. They're going to drive it on you inside. They're going to throw it to those big guys inside. Um, this will be a challenge for Kentucky's big men. It'll be a challenge for their perimeter defense to keep drivers uh, out of the lane. Uh, there's a lot going on. I, I can tell you one thing. If Nick Richards gets in foul trouble, they're probably toast.
1: Well, I mean, it's so similar to Kentucky. and like Kentucky gets 25% of its points at the line and 56% on two-pointers. So you're talking 81% um, that Kentucky gets on those two-point shots in the free-throw shooting, yeah. uh, and it's very similar to what LSU does. I mean, this matchup is just – it's just really it's a really good matchup. um and i I saw that Kentucky is like now um, this is their sixth consecutive game that they just came off of where they're holding opponents to forty percent or less. And that's the difference here between an LSU and a Kentucky is Kentucky's doing some good things defensively. LSU stinks defensively. Opponents shoot 42% against them. as 10th in the SEC. 35.5% opponents shoot from three. That's 13th in the SEC. LSU allows 72.7 points per game. Kentucky's at 65.5 scoring defense. LSU doesn't force a lot of turnovers. Uh, so, it, I mean, it would, might play to Kentucky's advantage to actually try to slow LSU down rather than run with them. Uh yeah, because LSU's yeah. strength is to get out and go.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 weird thing about this game is how just how almost across the board similar these teams are, with the exception of what you said there about defense. And the thing that I wrote about, uh, as people listen to this by Tuesday morning, it'll be published on the Athletic. Um, is all these close games? You know, I yeah. started out writing about Kentucky's close games, but also ended up writing how this is basically. Two teams going, like you know, the, the meme of the Spider-Man, two different uh, Spider-Men pointing at each other. Uh, <laughs> LSU and Kentucky have probably been in more close games than anybody in America this year. At one point in January, LSU won six consecutive games by four points or fewer, a total of 15 points. They won six games. Um, they also have four losses by two points or fewer, a couple two-pointers, a couple one-point losses, a couple overtime losses. Uh, Kentucky, half or half of Kentucky's 20 wins, 10 of their 20 wins have been by single digits. Um, and neither of these teams, this is a little piece of this, uh, factoid that I kind of stole from John Hale, who also wrote about this phenomenon, the close game phenomenon today. Um, only three teams in the SEC have yet to beat a high major team by at least 15 points and LSU and Kentucky are two of them. Vandy is the other, um, Hmm they're just not blowing anybody out. And the interesting thing about that as well is the the closest thing Kentucky and LSU have to a blowout against a high major team with a winning record is LSU by 14 and Kentucky by 13 against Vanderbilt. I'm sorry, against Tennessee. Uh they've <laughs> t- Kentucky's only beaten one high major opponent that has a winning record by double digits. Yeah. You know, every every good team they've played has come down to the wire. They've either won it or lost it. They've won more than they've lost. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I took a little time looking at that in a story today, and I, I think in general it's a real positive. Keon Brooks said uh, it shows that we're battle-tested, that we're doing what it takes to win, that, it, you know, at the end of late-game situations we're executing a game plan that the coaches put out there for us. We're focused Um, you know, and and he says that says to me that we're capable of winning in March and we're not afraid of a close game. I think that's all true. I think it's, I think it probably bodes well to have this much experience in close games. But then the other thing I would say, you know, the other positive for Kentucky is that while they haven't blown anybody out, they have never even come close to getting blown out in their five losses. That all of them, they were within two possessions in the final two minutes. Um, every one of them. You know, in three of those, they lost by a shot, by three points. One of them on a banked-in three. One of them against Evansville, they had a a, a three in the air to try to tie it. Uh, in the Utah loss by three, they had two threes in the air to tie it in the last 11 seconds. Um, you know, South Carolina, they're down six with a minute to go. They come all the way back and tie it. You know, mm-hmm. that's all generally pretty positive to me. Um yeah, you, know, you could focus on the fact they haven't – really stomped anybody but no one has stomped Kentucky they've been in every single game in the final two minutes for 25 games in a row Um, and there's something to be said for that I think when you start to look towards the end of the season the NCAA tournament's a bunch of close games right Um, you look at national champion I went and looked at recent national champions last year UVA had four consecutive close games to win the title they won by four by five in overtime by one and by eight in overtime to win the title. <clears throat> in 2017, North Carolina had games where they won by seven, by two, by one, and by six to win the championship. So um, you know, you're going to be in those white-knuckle games in in the postseason, and to have that much experience, it's good for Kentucky. Uh, and my prediction that for this LSU game, based on the two teams trend, is, is it's probably going to come down to the last yeah. 60 or 90 seconds, if I had to guess.
1: Right. A little bit more on this, LS, um, this UK-LSU matchup as it um, as it pertains to, like, the Ken Palm and the net rankings. Before we go to break to just kind of whet your appetite a little bit for what we're going to talk about next. But as um, far as the AP poll, LSU was in the top 25 but dropped out after that loss to Alabama, which I, I don't understand. That was, I mean, but anyway. UK moves up to number 10 in the AP after beating Ole Miss. Uh, LSU, like you said, was... Um, third in the Ken Palm offensive efficiency, but they're 175 in defense. So they're number 34 overall. Kentucky is 32nd, uh, number 30 overall, 32nd in offense efficiency, 51st in defensive efficiency. The net rankings, Kentucky is actually uh, the highest of the, of the uh, SEC schools in the net rankings at number 24. They're five and three versus quad one. LSU is 29th in the net, just two and five in quad one, but they have the 17th strongest strength of schedule. Uh, LSU has zero, zero quadrant one home wins. So they've not beaten anybody um, at home in the top 30. Uh, But they also, that means that they also haven't played anybody in the top 30 at home. So they haven't had a chance to do it. And uh, lastly on this, LSU's quad one wins. Are Rhode Island and Tennessee. Some of their Quad One losses include Utah State, Southern Cal, and VCU. Uh, so we'll get more into this, uh, and and just do a quick explanation on the net and Quad One and Quad Two, just in case you don't uh, you don't know exactly what that means. Uh, and then we'll talk about how wacky this stuff is, uh, like why some teams are where they are. And and the eye test and how much that's going to come into play when the NCAA tournament seedings, uh, that committee determines their seedings. And we will discuss that all when we return here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast.
0: This is Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. We're
1: back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast, and uh, we're going to jump into the net rankings now and Uh, If you're not familiar with it, uh, essentially it just takes into account, it replaced like the RPI that was there, and it takes more metrics into account, but obviously win percentage, strength of schedule. It weights wins and losses by location and opponent rank, and then factors in the scoring margin up to 10 points. It caps it off there, and then included in there is uh, net offensive and defensive efficiency. So Quadrant 1 is... A top 30 team at home. That's a win or a loss. If you win or lose to a top 30 team at home, that's in quadrant one. Top 50 on a neutral court and top 75 road game. Quadrant two is 31 through 75 at home, 51 through 100 on a neutral court, 76 through 135 on the road. Quadrant three... 76 through 160 at home, 101 through 200 neutral, 136 to 240 on the road. And Quadrant 4 is basically the worst teams in the NCAA. Um and teams the, Kentucky, in the 200s. <laughs> yeah, and Kentucky has one of those losses. Um, I, I don't know why this is. I, I'm just not smart enough to know the math and explain it all. But the Big Ten, I think, is so heavily weighted uh, with how, how how they how they're viewed in in these metrics, is that they're just they're just chomping up all the space. Like there's no explanation uh, for Purdue, who is fourteen and twelve, to be twenty sixth in Ken Palm, and thirty three in the net when they are three and nine in Quad One and three and two in Quad Three. Wisconsin's fifteen and ten. They're twenty eighth in Ken Palm, thirty one in the net. They're seven and eight in Quad One. Minnesota is twelve and twelve. They are thirty one ahead of sixteen and nine Illinois, ahead of twenty two and three Auburn, ahead of this LSU team we were just talking about. Overall, you have five Big Ten teams in the top ten of the net.
0: Yeah, and the other like the other
1: uh, nine in the top thirty.
0: Yeah, I tweeted the, the other last night uh, that this college basketball season has broken the computers. Yeah. Because, here, you know, the, the more pertinent uh, comp in terms of the Big Ten with Kentucky is Kentucky's 20 and 5 and has won 12 out of 14 games. Michigan State is 17 and 9 and has lost six of 10 games. Kentucky beat Michigan State on a neutral court in the Ken Palm, Kentucky's 30th, and Michigan State is 10th. In the net, Kentucky is 25th, and Michigan State is 12th. Um, yeah, you know, Michigan State's in free fall. Basically what's happened is Michigan State is being rewarded, and all these Big Ten teams are being rewarded for playing a quote-unquote strong schedule. And losing. Just for, just for playing it. Just you, you played it, so you get credit. And also, the other thing that's working against Kentucky is this brutal anchor of a loss, uh, Evansville, and then on top of it, a quad three loss to Utah. Um you know, a sub one hundred team, but Evansville, especially losing that game at home to a team that's just been a dumpster fire and gotten worse and worse and worse all season. Um, nobody, nobody else that people think could be a Final Four contender has a comparable loss. You know, Duke lost at home to to Stephen F. Austin, but Stephen F. Austin is good. Um, you know, relative to its weight class, right. Um Whereas Evansville
1: is just a dumpster fire. Yeah, Stephen just...
0: Stephen F. Austin is twenty two and three now. Yeah. um you know has won like 10 in a row they're 13 and one in the conference they're going to win their conference that's not a horrific loss in the way that Evansville is a horrific loss for Kentucky so it's I think it's those factors it's you know the Big Ten is being just massively rewarded uh for its all its team's strength of schedule some of which are just being boosted by 11 the, in the top 35. Yeah. 11 in the top
1: 35. Indiana is still in the top 50. So, basically, everyone except Nebraska and Northwestern in the top 50. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ohio State at one point lost, you know, six out of seven games and stayed in the top 15, and they're ninth right now in Ken Palm. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, look at the top. If you look at the top, okay, in the net and the Ken Palm, and then – the AP poll. Okay, the top six teams are all the same, but they're in different order. And I think that tells you a little bit of something. For instance, Ken Palm says Kansas is the number one team. The net says San Diego State is the number one team. People who watch basketball say Baylor is the number one team. Cover basketball, not just watch it, cover basketball. So there's going to have to be like a balance of the eye test. You would hope with the selection committee, yeah. but the selection committee is not people in the media who cover yeah. college basketball. But I you do. Look at-
0: I do think Kentucky's viewed well. We know Kentucky's viewed higher than where they've been ranked in these metrics because when those right. top 16 came out, they mentioned like three team, three other teams that were under consideration, and Kentucky was one of them. So you you think. You know, in the committee's eyes, even before they won, their, what was they've won two games since then, right? Two or three. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even week, at, even at that ago. time, a week ago, they were thought of as probably the seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth team. You know, and they were down around thirty. You know, a week ago in the net. So I, I do think that the human beings in that room think higher of Kentucky than the than the computers, and I don't think they're just gonna. I don't think they're just going to, you know, blindly go. Okay, well, this is what Ken Palm and the net say, um, right? You know, and I think Kentucky will be the, the the benefactor of or beneficiary of a thing that you know people worry about. But I think it's in, inevitable with human beings. Brand, you know, they're a brand. Yeah. And when you get in that room, you th- you look at Kentucky and you know, you know, if Kentucky wins the SEC and they've, you know, they're they're twenty five and six. Uh, or whatever they'd be, they'd be more than that if they made a run in the SEC tournament. Um, that brand is going to carry some weight, uh, I would guess. So I do I think Kentucky's going to be seeded. You know, if they're 25th in the net at the end of the season, do I think they're going to be seeded as the 25th team? I don't. Um, but it would I think people would feel a lot better going into Selection Sunday if that if the computers at some point start to agree a little more with what we think with our eyeballs. Um, like for
1: instance, I don't I don't have any doubt that Dayton is is uh, playing well, okay. But uh, Dayton has, I mean, they are. Let's see, they are sixth in the Ken Palm. They're fifth in the net. I think the AP has them. AP, AP poll has them like sixth. No, it has them fifth. They're in the top five. But when you look at like their resume of what they've done. They are three and two, like you talked about getting rewarded for playing a tougher schedule. So they have lost to Kansas and Colorado in overtime. Now, Kansas is going to be a one seed. We know that. Colorado's a top, you know, what? They're 11 in the net. But they get rewarded for losing those close games when their real wins are over St. Mary's, Richmond, and St. Louis. So they're three and two in quadrant one. Okay, San Diego State's only even played four quadrant one games, and they're four and zero oh in those yeah. quadrant one. But it's Creighton, BYU, Iowa, and Utah State. Whereas you go to a Kansas or a Baylor. I mean, my goodness, Baylor's beaten Kansas on the road, Arizona at home, West Virginia at home, neutral court Villanova at Texas Tech at Florida. Uh, home against Butler at Iowa State at Oklahoma State, uh, and, and then you look at um, Kansas and they're ten and three against yeah. Quadrant One. So it's just it's a little lopsided to me. I get that San Diego State hasn't lost yet. I get that Dayton um, looked good against you know the the ma- high major competition,
0: but to reward them for losing yeah. closely and well, put and the, them up the, there, you know. The fact is, with Dayton, they they have two wins against Power Conference teams, and that's Virginia Tech and Georgia, and those teams are ninety third and one hundred and fourth in Ken Palm.
1: Yeah, this feels UCF, you know, in football yeah. to me.
0: You yeah, know? and I mean Dayton's great. They have the, they have the best player in the country, probably in Obi Toppin. Uh, right, right. Um, but you know, I I don't know. I it's it's weird. It's it's just a we we keep saying that, but I don't know. Like another. I guess I'm not eloquent enough to describe it another way. This is just a really, really weird college basketball season where even, you know, I feel like most years when I look at Ken Palm or, or you know something like what the net is is, which they're not that not that different. Ken Palm and the net, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but most years I look at Ken Palm and you know I go, yeah, all those top twenty teams are all you know top twenty teams. Right um, now, I look at it and I'm just like I, I don't know if I if like my brain doesn't compute with what this math says, and I'm not, like there is no like you know there's no way that Ken Pomeroy has rigged this to be like biased against any team or any conference. It's just shaken out that way, but it's super weird. I just yeah, I, I'm not. You know, um, do I think six loss Houston? Is ten spots better than Kentucky, which they are in the Ken Palm? I mean, do I think do I think six lost Houston in the American Conference is ten spots better than five lost Kentucky? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. That just doesn't register to me. No, it Houston, doesn't. Register a Houston to me team either. that has lost to BYU, Oregon, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and SMU. Um,
1: well, well, and then you look at.
0: And like, beaten one top 50 team.
1: Seton Hall, Butler, Marquette, Creighton. They're just basically round robin punching each other in the face. that That's what the whole Big East is doing. Yeah. So it's like they can't, they don't know how to separate them properly. Uh, and when I say they, I mean the machine. Yeah. <laughs> the algorithm, the formula. Because there's no real bias. It's just uh, the, the formula that's in there.
0: Well, here's it's one for just, you. Texas Tech has nine losses and, and lost at home to Kentucky and is 11 spots higher. No, 14 spots higher than Kentucky and Ken Palm.
1: The, the other thing about the SEC getting no – like we watch the SEC on a nightly basis. So that that's what our eyes see. And I watch some other games as well, but mostly SEC. And I can tell you that Kentucky, Auburn, and LSU are all pretty good. Uh, But, I mean, is Wisconsin and Rhode Island and Purdue and St. Mary's, are, are those schools better than Florida and Alabama? You know, I I don't know. Could they beat them? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about a, a one-off game, right. anything can happen. But, like, total, overall, just the, the talent on the floor, having watched Wisconsin play, having watched uh, Rutgers play, having watched St. Mary's play. I just don't think so, you know.
0: And I don't know, I don't know how you make the, you know, I don't know how you get the computers to line up with, <laughs> with your brain. And maybe the computers are right. Like it'll, I'll be really interested to, you know, screen grab the top forty of Ken Palm at the end of the regular season, right? Um, and just just see, you know, and and the net rankings and just see did these computers see something all along that we didn't see, you know, Kentucky, yeah, because if it's the Ken- big
1: 10 goes in there and has like eight teams in the sweet 16, then we'll go, well, Well, if you go by the-
0: these rankings, the whole, the whole conference is getting in the, <laughs> right. I mean, that's the, that's the real crazy thing. So the, in Ken Palm, the big 10 has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 11 teams in the top 32. 11, basically eleven teams in the range of of uh, getting in the tournament, and that includes that as you said includes twelve and twelve Minnesota, and does not include sixteen and nine Indiana. Um, I, you know I don't know I don't know what to make of it, but I but the one thing for Kentucky is there are three opportunities ahead of them right. for uh, quad one wins, and those matter. You got if you can get to eight and three, if you can win all three of them, which is LSU on the road tuesday auburn at home here in a couple weekends and then florida on the road to end the regular season uh which the home game doesn't count as a quad one because they're not ranked high enough if florida gets into the top 30 that makes them a quad one home win but right now we'll say three opportunities if you can sweep those and get to eight and three in quad one that does a lot to overcome that horrible quad four loss um You know, and that puts you in the range of there's only going to be a handful of teams that have got eight quad one wins, um, you know, probably 10 or 12. And that puts you in getting a three or four seed. Um, I would right. think. Yeah. You know, and, then, and that doesn't count, then you're, you're going to get one, if not two more opportunities for more quad one wins in the SEC tournament. So, Correct. Um, you know, it's not crazy to think Kentucky could get to 10, you know, they could double their quad one wins over this last, you know, month of the season. Um, and, and if you want to secure your place on selection Sunday, that's the best way to do it. You know, certainly not going to help to complain, but go win these games.
1: We got to go. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. In the meantime, follow Kyle at Kyle
0: Tucker underscore a T H.
1: And I am at D R I E F F E R. Thanks for listening guys.
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.